0: Now broadcasting from Suitland, Maryland, USA, Abiding Truth with Dr. McCune, an outreach of Suitland Road Baptist Church. Please visit us at www.srbcoutreach.org. And now, here's our pastor, Dr. Calvin M. McCune. We praise God. Thank God for his word. Today we'll be spending time in Colossians chapter 3. And as you're aware by now that this is an exposition through the book of Colossians. So I'd like you to turn there to Colossians chapter 3. And let us ask the Holy Spirit to bless us to help us to receive the truth to receive God's word Father thank you Hallelujah thank you Jesus we ask in the name of Jesus O Holy Spirit that you will give us understanding Father your word is God breathed and we thank you for your word Father we know we best learn to walk with you to know you and to fellowship with you through your word. So we thank you, Father. Now speak to us, Father. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Colossians chapter 3. If then you are raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting on the right hand of God, Our Lord Jesus has all authority. The idea of if then you're raised with Christ, it is indeed since we have been raised with Christ. When we put our faith in Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we have this relationship with our Father in heaven. This relationship that Jesus restored for us. For Christ became our ransom. Christ became our propitiation. He paid the price for our sins, And he restored our relationship with our creator God. These two truths are found in the scripture. That God, God loves his creation. God loves us. So much that he sent his son in this world to bring us into that right relationship with himself. And secondly, God who loves us is making himself known to us. God is transcendent for he is God. We cannot comprehend him, but yet he is personal. He is our God. And we are worshiping him through Christ Jesus. So when we pray, We have to pray with this in mind. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you that I belong to you. Observe, it says here, seek those things which are above. The idea, dear, is keep your mind on things above. Let our desire to know Jesus and to walk with him, let that prevail in our hearts, in our souls. Don't be distracted by things of the world because we belong to him. Pay attention to the idea of the things which are above because there are only two possibilities. There are either things which are above or there are things which are on earth. And the only thing the devil can present to us will be the earthly things, which the Bible says will pass away. But when we seek those things above, We are essentially seeking to understand our relationship with God. And then that will then impact the way we live in this world. Our decisions. Everything that we do. Because why? Because Christ is at the right hand of God. And he has all authority. All authority has been given to him. In heaven and on earth. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God, where Christ who is our life appears. When Christ who is our life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. The battlefield is in the mind. That's where the battlefield is at. And the devil is coming against the mind all the time wanting us to think earthly, to think selfishly, to think about our own sense of personal well-being. However, for us, we are God's children and our minds are set on things above. In the midst of trials and problems and difficulty, we still have our minds set on things above. Because when Christ died, we experienced that death to self when we put our faith in Jesus. We experience that. We are living with Jesus in our lives now through the Holy Spirit. And our life is hidden with Christ in God. What an awesome experience. This new covenant that God has made with us that we can literally experience a dynamic divine relationship in which God the Father looks at us and he accepts us as his children. We're not working to be his children. We are God's children. And this is what God is telling us here. And then we have this blessed hope. This hope that one day Jesus will appear. We're not going to rest our life on things on earth. Thank God for that. But we are looking forward that one day Jesus will appear. That's a great comfort. That is a great comfort. Therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desires, covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience in which you yourself once walked when you live in them. We were once unbelievers. And we had all these battles going on in our hearts, in our souls. But now we are set free. Now we belong to God. But observe that it says, put to death. How do we put to death? How can someone put to death a desire that is coming in the heart? First, we have to recognize that that desire, where it's coming from, it's not coming from within, because within us is the Holy Spirit. And greater is he who is in us than he who is within the world. Where are these desires coming from? They're coming from outside, it's spiritual warfare. We're not fighting against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers and demonic spirits. And the enemy is sending these fiery darts to our minds to think ungodly, behave ungodly, desire worldly things. But we can put it to death. How do we put it to death? Just as by faith, when we receive Jesus as our Savior, so too by faith, we have to understand and we have to believe who we are in Christ. We have to accept, we have to first understand, and then we have to accept by faith, I am a child of God. I belong to Jesus. He is my Savior. I stand before Him, holy and without blame. Therefore, those lying spirits of ungodliness I have no authority over my heart and my mind the way I think. I am living by the virtue of God. His divine virtues. I'm not living for vices in the flesh. I'm living because Christ owns me. Amen. Amen. I belong to him. And it is Christ's righteousness inside of me. This is how we put it to death. As soon as it comes to the mind. We know it's of the enemy. But now, you yourself are to put off all these things. So we have to put to death, and then we put them off. Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another, since you have put off the old man with his Deeds, And I've put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is all and in all. It makes no difference. When Paul is speaking here, about the Greeks and the Jews, he is talking about what existed at that time within society. To the eyes of the Jews, you're either Jew or Gentile. From the Roman perspective is either you're a Roman citizen or you're a slave. Societies will always have categories. Like for example, for today, for us here in the United States, sometimes it tend to be the issue of Whether you're male or female, none of that matters when it comes to Jesus. When it comes to salvation, we're all in Christ. And such thinking, he is saying, those thoughts that separate us, does not matter. Obviously, that was a problem back there in the church. That should never be a problem in the church today. All the segregation that exists in the church on a Sunday morning should not happen. There should never be anything. should never ever be a white church, a black church, Hispanic church. Yes, I understand that sometimes when you reach out in the community, you may have the need for a homogeneous group in order to reach out to people. But in our hearts, we love each other. Are you following this? There's no room for segregation. We are all in Christ. That's the way unbelievers thought. But we are in Christ today. Why? Do you know even our status in society can segregate? People thinking, why, I have more than this person. I am wealthier than that group. It's Jesus for the church. And we bear this amazing testimony. When the world looks at us, they see something different. They don't see the worldly system. They see us loving each other, walking right before God. Not compromising in any area, but loving each other. Because why? Christ is all and in all. The love of Jesus is what binds us together. The love of Jesus is what motivates us to go out as we do in the streets and house to house and in the malls and to other nations like we did a few months ago in South Africa. And we have been doing every year. And we're seeing so many people come to Jesus. It's the love of Jesus. We had communion this morning, is the love of Jesus that binds us together as a church family. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, so it says put on. So now we are asked here again to put on this new man. We have to put on tender mercies, kindness. Humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so also, so you also must forgive. But above all these things, put on love, which is a bond of perfection, and let the peace of God rule in your heart to which also you are called in one body to be thankful. That's what we do. The world says, fight and battle and let self reign. The world says, I me, myself. I'm going to strive for something, even if it might mean hurting others. For us, the church, it means humility, forgiveness kindness it means not one trying to say i have authority i have a right i have that's a world's way but what makes us function what is it what is the what is the heart of or that ingredient that makes us function and experience all these god-given holy ghost characteristics inside of us fruit of the Spirit is what they are, is the love of Jesus. When we think, dear God, and how do we put on these things? By faith. Just as by faith we receive Jesus as our Savior, by faith. Are you following this? By faith. We don't complicate it. God is not giving us a list of rules here. He's not saying, I'm taking you back on the old covenant. He's saying, by faith. You believe the Holy Spirit. So when in church we are faced with a challenge, oh Holy Spirit, by faith, thank you. Help me, God, to be long-suffering to my brother and sister. Help me, God, to be forgiven. Clothe me with humility, God. When I serve you in church, God, thank you, Jesus, that I'm not serving you for attention. Because of the love of Jesus. There's something amazing about the love of Jesus. You all have heard this testimony. Back in March this year, there in South Africa, I'm ministering to a people, mainly around an area where there are many people, Zulu people, out there in an open field, And I shared with them the love of Jesus. That Jesus loves you. Christ came and he died for you. And so many people came to Jesus. So many people. It's the love of God that saves us. And the love of God that keeps us together. And the love of God that helps us to experience the fruit of the spirit in our life. It's by faith, accepting, and believing. Are we following the difference here? Did we do do something on Calvary to earn salvation? No. Jesus did it. We share the gospel message, and the Holy Ghost touch our hearts, and then by faith we accept it. Can we do anything to bring about personal growth As though it's coming from our power. No. The Holy Spirit will do it. Our responsibility is to respond to the Holy Spirit by faith. And when that happens, it will change our behavior. Are you following this? It will change our behavior. But if we try to change the behavior without depending on Jesus, we will try it for a little while. And then what will happen? We will fail and we will get back into a bad place, and we'll get into a place of despair, because then we will say, there I go again. It does demand, however, because Paul says, put off and put on. It demands a responsibility. We have to be responsible. Now that we are saved, Did God retrieve the freedom that he gave us to choose? No. We still have to choose. We still have to clearly understand this is what my Savior is saying, and so I have to choose to say yes to the Lord. But as we choose, what's the foundation of it? The love of Jesus in our hearts. Are we following this? Because Christ loves us. And this, this is a conflict today for the young people. It is a huge conflict. It is a conflict for them because they're, they're being taught that this is a time of grace. You can live how you want. You can sin, do whatever you want. God will indulge your sinful behavior because of grace. That's what the devil has done. But just a salvation sense. When we put our faith in Jesus, we have to choose. One can choose to say, Lord, I believe you are my Savior, John 3.16. Or we can say, I do not believe. I choose not to believe. And Jesus says, you're condemning yourself. So today, yes, we are saved. This generation has to be taught the truth. It is the love of Jesus, but we still have to have, we have that choice to put on and to put off. Are you following this? But they have to understand it's based on the basis of Christ and the love of Jesus. It's not difficult, it's just that they need to be taught. And when they make bad choices, we have to stand strong with them and said well you are where you are not that God has loved you any less but you did make a bad choice you did you put off no so you're living in sin that means you did not put off and God says you can't put off because you belong to Jesus and then we have to teach them come back to God but here is it saints In order for us to go, to grow spiritually, we must let the word of Christ dwell in our hearts. Verses 16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. This is imperative. Listen, this is imperative. There is no such thing as spiritual growth in absence of the word of God. There's only one person, one being will keep us away from the word of God, and that's the devil. Before the written word, Adam and Eve had the spoken word. God says, the day you eat of this fruit, you shall surely die. There's a sense of certainty. You shall surely die. It was not the written word, it was the spoken word. And even then, the devil distorted that. You shall not surely die. Today we have the written word. And Satan is keeping God's people away from the word of God. Why? Because, because, especially here in our country, I'm not going to speak to the whole world, but here in my country in the United States for the last few decades, many who say that they're pastors and they're not. How do you know they're not? Because you will not be telling anyone that the word of God says that your life is all about you and yourself and materialism and your personal sense of being And when you think of God, God has to give you everything that you need. God will never call anyone to do that. Jesus himself says, what if God says in the Gospel of Luke, Christ taught everything in the Scripture from Genesis to Malachi concerning himself. He says, I'll send you my Holy Ghost. And when he comes... He will be a testimony as to who I am, who Jesus is. So we live in a time in which so many people, millions have heard messages that are pleasing to their own ears. That's what the Bible says will happen. It's the word of God. The idea of let the word of God, it's a command. God is saying, I want you to do this. You have to do this. To not do it is a sin. Matter of fact, when you go through the New Testament, every time you see the word let, you rest assured it's a command from God. You have to let the word of God. How does one let the word of God dwell in your heart? You have to read it every day. Every day. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you, to give you a desire. Oh, dear God, please give me a desire for your word. Come to church without any excuses to hear the word of God. Why? This is why? Why am I discipling others? I have I Some young people, I disciple them every week. They just started that 13-week journey in discipleship. They just received Christ as your Lord and Savior. Why do I labor with that? Because God wants them to understand their fundamental, their basic. Are you following this? Don't let the devil <coughs> keep you from the Word of God. And don't appreciate the Word of God as a book where I am going through some problems, so I find some verse that makes me feel good, and that's it. The Word of God is to reveal Jesus. And if there's any good feeling, it is because God has shown Christ in my heart and caused me to seek Him with brokenness. So he says, let the Word of God, let it dwell. What's the idea of the Word of God? Dwelling within us. The idea of the word of God dwelling in us, it means this. The word dwell means to live inside of us. The living word is inside of us. Because the word of God is God breathe. It's God's power inside of us. Convicting us. Telling us you're going off in the wrong path. Your thinking, you're thinking is not pleasing to Jesus. Or you're going about it the right way. God is blessed by the way you're thinking. God is blessed by the way you're speaking. The word of God is alive inside of us. Now, let's read verses 17 together. This is the key verse here. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Whatever we do. In word or in deed. What does that mean? What does it mean whatever we do? It's, it's inclusive, isn't it? It does not exclude anything. That means before we think. That's a good place to begin, right? Yes, begin with the thought. Dear God, Is these thoughts of mine Are they pleasing to you? That's the way we win victory over Satan and the fiery darts. Follow that? The way I'm thinking, dear God, in my struggle, in my problem, in my hurt, someone may have done something to me that is creating hurt and pain and suffering. Yes. But Father, the way I am thinking about this, is it pleasing to you? And then it's going to affect our action. Make no mistake, it will affect our action. Ungodly thinking will infect the soul and cause us to behave in manner that, is, that are not pleasing to God. The way we relate to people as parents, the way we relate to our children or grandchildren, husbands and wives, we have to stop and constantly be thinking, oh, Holy Spirit, yes, Father, I'm faced with this situation. It might even be a health problem, a health problem, but dear God, oh, Holy Spirit, help me, dear God. The word of God, your word is in my heart, Father, so the way I'm thinking, Lord Jesus, let it be pleasing to you, as unto the Lord. Let it be bringing glory to your name, Jesus. There's no room in that for the devil to win win any victory. And if perchance, if perchance we happen to mess up, which what the Bible says will happen, we all will do. The Bible says if you say you have no sin, you have a big problem. You're deceiving yourself and you're making God a liar. So if we do mess up, what do we do? We come back to God. We don't try to justify it before God. God, no, I, I may have done wrong, but not that wrong. <laughs> no, it's wrong, it's wrong. Amen. And the Lord says, if you say that, you are making me a liar and you're not allowing my word to bear fruit in your heart. So it's better to come before the Lord and say, oh, dear God. You know, when you're a parent, you learn that so quickly. (laughs) Oh, dear God, the way I relate to my child in this situation. Father, I had some haste going on there, dear God. Are you following And when we confess, what did he say? I'm going to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And now we yield, we get back to the Holy Spirit. Oh, Holy Spirit, thank you, Jesus. Now direct my heart to think correctly. Amen? Amen? The devil will lose every battle. Child of God, the devil will lose every battle. What's the last part of that verse? We must do so with a thankful heart. Giving thanks to the Father. Observe that it says, in whatever you do, the concept of whatever you do, that means it includes everything. It's the same concept that carries on in everything we give him thanks. We thank him. You say, Pastor McCune, but how can I thank God when I'm going through this difficult? I think I've been unfairly dealt with, and this is affecting me emotionally. It's stressing me out, and it's not my fault. That is true. No problem. you. That, that may be so. But we still thank him. Thank you, Jesus. It's called offering the sacrifices of praise the fruit of our lips, giving Jesus thanks. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Bless your holy name. Dear God, thank you, Jesus. And when that happens, saints, let's go back to the beginning of verses 15. The peace of God will reign in our hearts. Does not matter how wealthy someone might be. What is he or she after? Peace. All that money can bring misery. The Lord says, when you don't have money, you're not worrying. But when you have money, you're worrying, will someone steal it? You want peace in your heart? What do we do? Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. I give you thanks, dear God. We mess up. Father, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. We're looking at our circumstance. We examine it by the word of God. And if you need wise counsel, seek a godly pastor. And please make sure it's a godly pastor. So we bless his name. For those who are listening, we thank God for you. If you're not saved... I am absolutely sure, according to the word of God, that there is something in your heart that is telling you that something is wrong. How do I know that? Because the scripture said so. God is speaking to everyone because he created us. And to the unbeliever, he is saying, I love you and I want to restore your relationship with me. Does not matter where you're at, what country you may be living, does not matter your religious background, Christianity is not about a religion, Christianity is about the love of God. Amen. Amen. And so at this moment, I want to encourage you to understand this this fundamental truth that God loves you and Jesus is your Savior. And he is a son of God and he came and he went to the cross and he died for you. So we're going to pray for you and with you. And we here at Suitland Road Baptist Church, we want you to believe as you pray. What are you believing in? You're accepting what Jesus did for you, the love of God. He provided salvation. That's the way you will have peace in your heart. That uncomfortable feeling you have in your life. Could not find it and you will not find it through religion. But you will find it through God. Let us pray together for those who are listening in. Let's pray for them. Father in heaven. In the name of Jesus. I thank you. For leaving heaven and coming in this world. Lord Jesus, by faith, I accept you as my Savior. Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for your death, your burial, and your resurrection. Lord Jesus, thank you for the gift. of eternal life. life. I confess confess. you are the Christ, the The Son of God. God. Thank you for saving me. me. In Jesus' name, name. I I pray believing. Amen.